Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Welcome to the Inside China Basin San Francisco Giants baseball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Featuring players like all-star catcher Buster Posey. It's about, you know, just going out and, and trying to have passion for the game that I've loved since I was a kid. Inside China Basin is brought to you by Sun First Solar, known for delivering solar excellence since 1984 and recently voted best solar company in Marin County. We're also brought to you by TPC Harding Park, the only public golf course in San Francisco offering golfers the opportunity to play where the pros play. Coming up, we're going to talk to longtime San Jose Giants play-by-play announcer Joe Rizzo. But first, I want to tell you about my favorite golf course, TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. It was an awesome PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco, won by Colin Morikawa. We'll always remember the shot he hit on the 16th hole. And now the course is open to the public. And if you're a resident of San Francisco, visit TPC Harding Park and purchase your two-year resident card, giving you immediate savings on golf and other programs at the park. Cut your green fees in half by purchasing your card today. Visit www.tpc.com slash Harding Park for more information. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's get to the conversation with Joe Rizzo, the play-by-play announcer for the San Jose Giants. Well, Joe, it's a little bit of a changing of the guard with the San Francisco Giants as Hunter Pence was designated for assignment here today as we talk on a Sunday. And Joey Bart, of course, has already made an impact. Uh, Before we talk about all that, how are you doing? No minor league baseball season. You've been with the San Jose Giants such a long time. It's got to be a little odd uh, to not be doing baseball games this year. Yeah, well, it's it's good to be talking with you, Joe. Uh, It's been a a, a strange year, a a difficult year, obviously, for, uh, for a lot of people right now. And it's it's tough, you know, not having work uh, at the moment and, and having a chance to be at the ballpark every day. I'm so used to it. Uh, every spring and summer day, uh, traveling around the, the California League with the, the San Jose Giants. Uh, so it, it has been has been tough. The, the silver lining for for me and my wife is is we had a, a baby boy back in November. So he's nine months old now, and uh, it's been really nice to be to be home and uh, around. Uh, full-time for, for his first full year plus. I uh, didn't think I'd have that opportunity uh, with, with the baseball season. Uh, so you, you, you try and, and look at the positive out of all of that. But, but, yeah, it's been obviously a really strange year, and we're all hoping that 
uh, in 2021, we can get back to some semblance of, of normalcy with that. Yeah, that, that really is great. Congratulations, by the way. And uh, that's thank you. It's really good timing, actually, to be able to, because, you know, when you're on the road covering a minor league baseball team or major league team, uh, it's really tough. You don't get as much time at home and, and all of the pressure is put on your wife to take care of a little baby. So th- this is good news in a lot of ways, right? Uh, sure. And I mean, I could go a, a week or two without even seeing my wife during the baseball season with a, a minor league schedule like you know. I mean, we're, we're not just calling the games at the minor league level. There's, there are all kinds of other uh, tasks at hand in such a small front office that so we're all wearing different hats. So, And it's it's a full day and it, it often won't end until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, <laughs> it has been kind of nice to, to have a little bit of a uh, a break from that, but but you certainly miss the the games itself and being around a team and and all of that uh, over the course of a, a spring or summer. But yeah, it really it has been great to to be around our our little guy and uh, see him start to grow up some. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I mentioned the changing of the guard, and let's start by talking about Hunter Pence, uh, who course has had a great career he's 37 years old now so it's not a surprise the Giants designated him for assignment I mean he was five for 52 on the season he just wasn't swinging it the way he would like he wasn't even seeing the ball in the outfield I don't think the way he normally does so I don't know if it's the end of his career but what a career it's been uh you know he's been an all-star with three different teams Joe the Astros the Giants and the Rangers last year and the Giants were hoping that you know sort of like a renaissance uh, for him what he was doing last year with Texas uh but it just you know it wasn't to be but what an inspirational leader he has been for the Giants over the years you know they won two World Series with him and I don't know that they win those World Series without not only his play on the field but the way he influenced other players on the team with the uh, not only experience but also the enthusiasm that he brought yeah and I think he he was able to have that kind of influence even this year as well going back to to spring training 1.0 back in February and March which is uh, the last time I was around uh, the, the Giants team on a, a day-to-day basis, and you, you could see that uh, with, with Hunter. It's obviously it's a tough day because he's, he's meant so much to this organization, uh, as you've said, such a, a fan favorite. Uh, I think back to the spring training games this year, it was a, a different vibe in that ballpark in Scottsdale every time Hunter Pence stepped into the batter's box. And we never got a chance to see that in the regular season this year, of course, Hunter getting a chance to actually play in front of Giants fans. But it did happen for about two or three weeks uh, in the spring. And, and fans, I mean, they, just, they just went nuts. They went crazy. They, they loved this guy so much. Everyone was so happy to see him back and, and the kind of uh, impact that he's made uh, over the years to this franchise. But I think you, you put it well. It is the changing of the guard. Uh, it was only a, a one-year contract that they, they signed him to. It wasn't really working out. You've got other players that are stepping forward. I know he's injured right now, but but Austin Slater is looking like someone that can take on a, a full-time role in the outfield. Obviously, Mike Yastrzemski, Mauricio Dubon's playing a lot in the outfield. Uh, I, with, with Darren Ruff, the ability that he has shown to, to handle some left-handed pitching, you plug him out in left field. I mean, that's kind of the role they had envisioned for Hunter Pence this year to, to be that platoon left fielder uh, to, to get most of his time against left-handers. And if that's not there, then uh, there, there really isn't a spot at the moment for, for Hunter Pence. So it, it's difficult to see a guy like that go. Uh, I'll be curious to see what happens next. If he can uh, maybe land with somebody else, perhaps uh, help a contending team as a, a bat off the bench down the stretch. I mean, 
He's only a year removed from an all-star year. He had a great first half last year in Texas. We all know about that. So uh, I'm sure he's still uh, chomping at the bit to help a team out somewhere. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, you know, you hate to see a guy like that go. And the Giants end up uh, acquiring Daniel Robertson, an infielder from the Tampa Bay Rays. And we'll see about him. Uh, But, you know, the other big news this past week is Joey Bart making his Major League debut. And for some Giants fans, uh, that was something they were calling for, you know, right off the bat. Now, Bart really hasn't had that much experience in the minor leagues. He's had 517 at-bats, Joe. I mean, that's basically one season worth. Uh, The the numbers are really good, 29 homers, 88 RBIs in the minors. But, uh, you know, the Giants wanted him to get more seasoning in the minor leagues. Unfortunately, that's not available this year. As we talked about, you guys in San Jose and the other teams are not playing. So, you know, I didn't think there's anything wrong with, you know, bringing up Joey and see what he could do. And already he looks like he fits in. I mean, it looks like, you know, he's here to stay. He, He doesn't need any more seasoning at least based on a few games what do you think so far joe and i think the the giants yeah they've been been pretty clear that you know when we bring joey bart up we're going to play him and it's a nice opportunity with with buster posey having opted out and and the giants not getting a lot of offensive production the the first few weeks of the season uh, from their their catching duo so I think it, it was it was good timing uh, to to get him in there, and then I would imagine he'll be playing five six days a week, uh, uh, catching for this team full time. But, but yeah, boy, he is a really special talent, and that was very obvious from the first week of last season uh, when he was with us in uh, in San Jose. Just all the different ways that he can impact uh, a game, and, and we all know about you know, his great power and. I love watching him hit because a lot of his power can even go out to center and right. I mean, it's power to, to all fields, which isn't very common for such a, 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 young, a young hitter. Uh, he can also make an impact defensively. Um, he, he, he's really improved uh, his receiving skills, pitch framing, obviously something that, that the Giants and all teams now really, really value uh, from their, their catchers. Uh, a very good arm. Uh, he had a game with us in San Jose. Uh, it was uh, in, in April of last season. He single-handedly won the game for the, for the Giants uh, defensively. He, he threw out four runners on the bases in one game. It was two guys <laughs> caught stealing. He, he picked off two others in a one-run game. The Giants ended up winning by, by a run. It was actually a play at the plate in the ninth inning where he, he blocked the guy off and tagged him, and, and, and San Jose won. I mean, it was a remarkable game. I'd never seen a catcher have that kind of impact on a, a, a single game. So, uh, yeah, he's not only a guy that, that you're going to call up and have play every day. He, he's someone that you, you hope can be a, a cornerstone player for this franchise, uh, an impact player, a, a high-level guy, hopefully an all-star. Uh, uh, down the road, and and I, I always just loved the way he he carried himself. And you know, there it's it, you hear a lot of comparisons, right, between Joey Bart and Buster Posey, both first round picks. You know, both from the you know same part of the the country, college baseball, similar background, uh, and there are some similarities. And and the one for me where I think about Buster and Joey is is the way they carry themselves. So professional, you know, Joey Bart walked in the door in San Jose and, you know, not real outspoken like a Buster Posey, but when he does talk, they listen and he kind of has that quiet confidence about him. And I think that helps at the catching position, uh, especially the minor league level with a lot of young guys that may not have much of an idea about what they're doing yet on, on the mound. And, 
and uh, I, I see the similarities there between Joey and, and Buster, and and I think we've seen that in this very small sample size. The big leagues too. He, he is not at all affected by this big, big, big moment. Uh, he's already come up with some big hits. He looks very comfortable defensively. And I'm looking forward to watching him play here these next several weeks. Oh, yeah, this is really exciting. And that's a unique perspective when you think about it, that you got to see Buster Posey there in San Jose on his way up, and then you get to see Joey Bart. And uh, do you think Joey Bart, as far as his personality, can handle those comparisons? Because that we're not the only ones doing that. You know, He's going to be hearing that for a while now from not only local media, but national media and fans and everybody. And, and that's a lot to live up to. I mean, you got a Buster Posey who is a possible uh, future Hall of Famer and you're just starting your career. Yeah, I think so. And uh, again, it, it's just that that very uh, that, that calmness that, that Joey has. Uh, things don't seem to to bother him much. You know, he's actually been through quite a bit. Just two years of pro ball. I mean, he's had two significant injuries, two freak injuries from getting from getting hit by a pitch. But he, he's been able to to battle his way through that. And I'm sure he was very hopeful to be on the major league roster when. When the season started about a month ago, maybe a little disappointing from him to to have to go back down to the, the alternate camp down in, in Sacramento and, and play there. But but he he worked through it again. I, I think he's he's just kind of got that perfect mindset as a uh, a catcher and uh, a future leader of this team. And and obviously the skill set is there as well. It, it's what made him a second overall pick uh, a few years ago. And uh, I, I think he's going to have a chance to, to play a lot and, and be a big part of this organization going forward. I was laughing the other day because I, th- I thought to myself, you know, this guy, he, he just doesn't look like a rookie who hasn't played all that much baseball. But, but then there was one moment, Joe, where there was a check swing by a left-handed batter and the appeal goes to third base. And you see the umpire pointing the third and you see Tyler Rogers, the pitcher, pointing the third and Joey Bart's pointing the first base. <laughs> I mean, I think that that might have been part of in the minor leagues when you only have three umpires, you're pointing to first base with a left-handed batter up there instead of the third. So he's still learning a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I laughed when I saw that too. And hey, in San Jose, there's only two umpires. Uh, boy, the, right. those, those, those guys, those guys work hard. Uh, he, uh, I, I always chuckle when, when that happens and you've got a, a left-handed hitter and you're pointing down to the umpire down the, the right field line. I'm like, you know what? Just the whole plate umpire. Make that call yourself. You've got the better better view. But uh, yeah, I, I, I laughed at that as well. And uh, I'm sure it won't take long for him to uh, to settle in and realize, hey, we, we got we got four umpires out there. <laughs> All right, another player who really was a star in San Jose and now is starting to shine with the San Francisco Giants is pitcher Logan Webb. Uh, he pitched really well on Friday against Arizona. He had a career-high eight strikeouts, didn't walk anybody. Uh, he's also had good outings against Colorado and the Dodgers, so uh, he is really coming into his own. You saw him pitch in San Jose. He had a great year a couple of years ago, and his ERA was under two, and I know the Giants had to handle him with kid gloves. I mean, he was coming off Tommy John surgery a couple of years before that so he didn't always go out there thinking oh I'm going to throw a complete game in fact they had uh, a unique situation with him tell us a little bit about that a couple of years ago when he was in San Jose yeah I, I really enjoy the the Logan Webb stories of the world watching players like that come up through a minor league system not that we don't enjoy the, the Joey Bart stories as well but I think everyone when you watch Joey play in the minors uh, you knew this guy was going to be a big leaguer sooner rather than later with, with Logan Webb you know, not as high of a, a draft pick, and uh, you know he 
he basically didn't pitch for two years prior to joining the San Jose team. He joined the San Jose team in April of of 2018, but he had Tommy John surgery in 2016. It kind of wiped out that year, and then he hardly pitched in, in 17 as well as he was rehabbing. So he wasn't really a guy that was on my radar as the the San Jose you know, broadcaster. You're, you're looking at guys that you might have on your team and then the, the prospects. Uh, but but he, he shows up on our roster, and I, I go to our pitching coach, Matt Yorkin, uh, at the time. I said, okay, well, Logan Webb, what's the story here? And, and and Matt looks at me and goes, boy, this guy had the best spring training of anyone on our team. He is he is the real deal. He's got three potential plus pitches. He's got this mature mindset uh, to, to go with it. He, he dropped a Matt Cain comparison on me at, at that point. Wow. Uh, I know others have, have done since then. Um, but uh, I know, oh, okay, well, this is, this is something. Uh, sounds like he had a pretty good camp. And then it was one week into the season. I think Logan had already only made one or two starts with us, but uh, I had the farm director, Kyle Haynes, on our, our uh, pregame show. And Kyle told me on air, he said, you know, Logan Webb, we're, we're really excited with where he's at, and we think that maybe by the end of this season, this again, this is 2018, he could be the number one pitching prospect in our entire organization. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, this guy, again, he hadn't pitched in two years. But again, he was healthy. He was uh, showing uh, that he was ready to take that big jump up. And while we def- didn't really see it in the sense that, uh, you know, they, they kind of had the kid gloves on for Logan while he was in San Jose, they're being very careful. They were pretty much limiting his starts to just three or four innings uh, that entire year. So he was only going through a lineup once, maybe part of the second time. But, but boy, it was, it was dominant dominant stuff and it was uh it was a lot of fun to, to watch him finally get past the, the injury problems and uh and to take that big step forward and and he was arguably one of the, the top two or three pitching prospects in the system at the end of 2018 so he was a, a fun fun story for me that year in san jose and then even more so when i had a chance to call some big league games with san francisco last year uh, it was it was just four games, but one of those four games was Logan Webb's major league debut. It was in Arizona uh, with uh, the Giants and D-backs last uh, August, and and he pitched great, winning pitcher that day. It was five innings, one run. Uh, the Giants won a game on a, a belt grand slam, and uh, it was it was really fun for me to be able to see that, knowing everything that he had gone through uh, in the minor leagues. Uh, uh, working through the injury, uh, realizing that that hey, we're, they're not going to have you throw a lot of innings once you come back, and it, it may take a little bit longer for you to get up there. Uh, but he's there, he's there now, and he's getting a chance to pitch every fifth day, and he looks uh, every bit like a starter that's going to be a big part of this rotation for a long time going forward. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he's definitely one of the, the better starters right now, one of the really good uh, feel-good stories for the Giants. Another one is Austin Slater, another player who you mentioned earlier uh, you saw in San Jose. And, well, you talk about development and, and how different he is now because uh, – and it's too bad that he just went on the injured list uh, with a groin strain because he was on fire. He's hitting about 350, and he's showing off way more power than he had when he played in A-ball, and he's stealing bases too. I mean, he's really put his game together. What have you noticed about the difference? Uh, you know, I understand everybody's going for launch angle, but uh, he, he just seems like he's really improved in every area of his offensive play. Yeah, and, and I think it's a, a good – 
lesson to 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 recognize that that uh, people develop at different at different times in this game. It it, it can take a, a a little bit longer. And the other thing with Austin Slater is, you know, it, look when he was in the minor leagues and specifically when he was in San Jose, and it was a great year that he had with the San Jose Giants a few years ago. He was an infielder. He was playing second base, even a little bit at shortstop. Uh, he was hardly playing any outfield uh, back then. So there's still a lot of moving around, and there's, you know, where where is this guy kind of fit in for us? But you know, if if you hit, you're going to get a chance. And the guy just kept hitting it at every level, and he was putting up numbers a couple of years there in AAA, and right eventually it just kind of became too hard to ignore. And then he gets up to the big leagues, and it, it becomes a whole other challenge, not only to make that jump, but you don't get a chance to play very much necessarily. And, and when you're only getting one or two starts a, a week, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure to, to, to really shine when you get those opportunities. And, and I think this spring we kind of started to see a little bit of a, a different Austin Slater, whether it is the, the launch angle element, uh, you know, hitting for a little more power. Uh, we, we've always known he can hit left-handers, but to see what he can do now against some of the top right-handed pitchers uh, on, on the Giants' schedule has been, uh, I think, awesome to see. And it, it's an organization that has, uh, let's be honest, it's, it's been kind of tough to develop those outfielders the last uh, decade plus. Uh, and, and perhaps an Austin Slater can kind of break that trend. And there, there are others that are coming up behind Austin for sure at the outfield position, but uh, uh, hopefully he can get past this this minor injury and and get back out there because uh, he he's looked great uh, so far this season. We'll have more with San Jose Giants play-by-play announcer Joe Rizzo right after this. Jones goes back back near the wall, shading the sun, and he dropped it. He lost the ball in the sun. Let's put the sun to good use at home with a Sun Power residential solar system. Your Sun Power elite dealer, Sun First Solar, has a wide range of financing options, and they provide the finest customer service from start to finish, regardless of size or scope. Sun First Solar offers the highest efficiency systems, newest technology, and the best warranty in the world. Sun First Solar offers the most competitive price, while not compromising on quality. This summer, let the sun heat your pool and eliminate your energy bill. Don't drop the ball. Call Sun First Solar at 415-458-5870. That's 415-458-5870. And get your Sun Power solar system today. Well, Giants reliever Sean Anderson was involved in a little bit of controversy last week as he was facing the Angels, and he threw up and in a couple of times on Mike Trout uh, in the game on Wednesday, one of them went right over Trout's head. And then on Thursday, he came in tight again. So Joe Madden wasn't happy about it. Let's listen to what the Angels manager had to say and then hear what Matt Vaskersian said about it as well, the ESPN and MLB Network play-by-play announcer. They were both on the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster only, and here's what they said. Well, enough is enough, you know. I mean, listen, uh, there's a... Major leagues. There's a there's a, a level of accountability here. Also, um, it's I I don't I don't want to use the word irresponsible loosely, but um, in that situation, um, I you pretty much knew it was going to happen again. I'm not accusing the guy of doing anything on purpose. I'm just saying he's not doesn't command his fastball enough in order to um, uh, know where it's going. I mean, and just uh, roll uh, roll reversal, switch the situations. 
and if we had done that to them and how they would feel about, you know, the a player of, st- of Trout's stature, third ball in twice that we faced them, too close, too close. It can't happen. It can't happen. Um, it just can't happen. Um, the kids got eight walks for nine innings. So that's, it's not, it's not an anomaly moment for him. I think I, Joe is probably not convinced that he was quote unquote flying open and just erratic because how does that happen? How do you miss around the same guy's head three times over back-to-back appearances? And on Wednesday night, um, I saw the second one live without knowing that the first one had existed. And then when you're made aware of the first one, which to me was even worse, one, one is in front of him around his head. The other one is behind him around his head. And then it happens again. How in the world on Wednesday did the umpires convene, which they did, after the second uh, you know, bow tie pitch, as Satchel Page used to call it, and determine that they weren't going to run him out of the game. I mean, at some point, you I, I, look, it, it's, it's hard to separate intent from results sometimes because we really don't know the intent. But when the results look that bad, again, when it, you know, if it acts like a duck and walks like a duck, it's a duck. You're gone, dude. I don't care if you're erratic or not. You can't miss around a superstar, anybody's head. Let's put it that way. But especially in that circumstance, with a player that that's, that's that important to the game. And, and again, I, I probably put myself in a bad spot there with this argument by talking about a superstar getting uh, superstar treatment. But look, that's the reality of it. It's Mike Trout. He should have been removed from the game after that second one on Wednesday night. It was unbelievable to me that he wasn't. All right, so Matt Vesgersian from MLB Network and ESPN thinks that Sean Anderson should have been ejected from that game against the Angels when he was throwing up and in on Mike Trout. I don't know that I agree because Anderson, right now, he looks like he's he's just not in sync with his mechanics. I mean, he's kind of all over the place. I, I doubt very much that he was throwing at Trout, and it's very tough for umpires to figure that out when you've got pitches going up and in. But, you know, for Anderson right now, 10 walks in 10 innings with the Giants, and we didn't seek that kind of wildness before from him. You know, in the Meyer Leagues, I mean, he was a guy who really had really good command. So, you know, what, what do you think? I mean, that, that's got to be tough for umpires. you got, you know, pretty much the best player in the game in Mike Trout, and balls are sailing over his head uh, two and one game, then one the next day. So, obviously, there was a reason why the Angels were so upset. Yeah, and I understand why the Angels were upset, and and the the what happened the the next day or the the game in San Francisco. I, and I understand with Joe Madden and doing what what he did, he, he's got to protect his star player. If it wasn't a pitch that necessarily was was coming in coming that close to hitting Anderson, it was it was up and and a little in. So I, I get what what the manager was doing there, and and it it what led to the warnings but uh yeah i i agree with you i think he's just a little out of whack right now he, he hadn't pitched in four or five six days whatever it, it had been uh i i think working working through some things and you know maybe a little amped up too you had pitched in five days and then you're out there facing mike trout and and you want to make make an impact you know the giants are going through some some bullpen issues right now especially in the late innings and sean anderson's one of those guys that he's got the stuff without question to get people out in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings of games. So you get out there and you're facing Trout and Pujols and Rendon there in the middle of the order, late in the game. I wasn't a real close game, but but still, these are 
some of the best hitters in baseball. You, you want to make an impression. And again, yeah, I think maybe just a little too amped up or the mechanics are a little out of whack. And, and uh, I think it would have been very difficult to throw a guy out um, under those circumstances. There wasn't a whole lot going on in that series at the time with people getting thrown out. I know, but Longoria did get hit a few innings earlier, but it didn't seem like much had come out of that. Um, and then, you know, the next day, like I said, I, I understand and uh, what, what, what Madden did. He's got to protect his star player, and, and hopefully that was the end, uh, end of that. But I, I think Sean Anderson, eventually he'll, he'll, he'll get back on track. And, and, you know, the Giants, they need people to, to emerge and step up if they're going to keep going uh, where they've been these last few days. They're starting to turn things around. I think the next thing is, is the back end of this bullpen. Can they find a few reliable guys? Uh, to get some outs, and and Sean Anderson, if he can kind of get back in sync, uh, I firmly believe he's got the kind of stuff that that can really help this team uh, down the road. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's a dangerous precedent to set to say, you know, if a pitcher's wild, that we're just going to throw him out. If he, he starts throwing some wild pitches because he doesn't know where it's going, you're just ejecting a pitcher that way. I mean, I... I don't know that you could do that. Uh, you know, that that in the past, you know, you've had some wild pitchers, and you can't just start throwing people out of the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, again, I guess it's a young pitcher that, that hadn't been, been throwing a lot lately, and uh, a couple got away from him. So I think, I think it's, a, it's a good point that, that you're making, and it's, it's a delicate situation. You, know, it, it, you don't want to see balls thrown up around a guy's head, um, but uh, it, it, it didn't seem like at the time that, that that's what, what Anderson was, was probably trying to do. I certainly hope not. And, uh Hopefully it eventually got all resolved uh, in, the, in the coming days. I think eventually he is suited for the closer role. I mean, I've talked about it before. I know it doesn't look like it right now. He's got to get it together. Uh, and it was interesting when the Giants acquired him and he pitched in San Jose a few years ago. Uh, you wondered, is he going to be a starter? Because they, they sort of used him like that. He was a closer at the University of Florida. So you know that he has that kind of skill. Uh, right now, you know, he, he doesn't have it together. But when he does, and like you said, the stuff – Seems like he would have the mentality. He's a tough guy out there. Uh, that he could be a guy who could be a closer. What do you think? I think so. And uh, you know, the numbers in college were outstanding. He was on some of those great Florida teams where some of the best stuff on on those Florida staffs. But there wasn't enough room with only three or four starting spots. So they they had to find a, a role for him as a, a closer. And then you know, the Red Sox drafted him, and they drafted him with the intent of, of having him be a starter, and then, of course, ended up being traded to the Giants. And And I, I really liked him as a starter, actually, when he was in San Jose because he had command of four pitches. And that's not something you see very often at the, the high Class A level. A, a starting pitcher go out there and have the ability to get you out with, with four different pitches. Usually it's two, maybe three. So it, it felt like felt like starter stuff but as we often see a guy moves from a, a rotation spot to a bullpen maybe the the stuff ticks up a little bit you start throwing a little bit harder you can kind of narrow uh what, what you're doing out there and, and focus more on the two or three pitches just to get a few guys out uh in a in a shorter outing and i agree with you like you said i think he's also got the mindset he's got the experience as a, a late inning guy and uh i you know we're, we're projecting down the road but there are some really exciting starting pitching prospects in this organization i think you've obviously seen a logan webb and hopefully a tyler Beatty comes back next year sean jelly's getting real close seth Corey's right behind him uh and, and a few others to where if if a 
enough of these guys emerge as part of this kind of, you know, rebuilding, you know, retooling, whatever you want to call it, process, that uh, Sean Anderson can absolutely find a home as a, a late-inning reliever uh, for this organization and this, this kind of new-look bullpen the Giants are going to be featuring here uh, coming up down the road. More with San Jose Giants play-by-play announcer Joe Rizzo in just a moment. We all know that solar systems make financial sense and environmental sense. And when it comes to choosing the best installation crew in the business, Sun First Solar should be your first choice. Sun First Solar has provided solar excellence since 1984. They are Sun Power Elite Commercial and Elite Residential Installers with a reputation for technical excellence, innovative design, fair pricing, excellent customer service, and end-to-end quality and competence. SunFirst Solar is a family business devoted to treating their employees, customers, the community, and the environment with respect, and they are devoted to renewable energy and sustainability throughout the Bay Area. There is no roof or project that is too complicated. SunFirst has successfully installed solar on Spanish tile roofs, metal roofs, and very steep roofs. They also have extensive experience in solar ground mounts and solar pool heating. Competitive pricing expert consultation, and the best warranty. Go local and get your Sun Power solar system from Sun First Solar today. Call Sun First Solar at 415-458-5870. That's 415-458-5870. All right, to finish up, uh, and you already touched on it a little bit, the fact that you've done spring training games the last four years, and you got to call some San Francisco Giants games last year, and that is has to be quite a thrill. I mean, that's a dream come true. I, I know, you, you know you've put in your time, Joe, you, you know, 13 seasons there in San Jose, and to finally get the opportunity. Tell us what went through your mind when you first got the call, when you walked into that booth, you know, all of the things that happened because uh, there had to be a lot of butterflies for you when you were calling games at the major league level. That is very cool. Yeah, thank you. It was a, it was a great experience uh, last season. Uh, it, it was kind of a, a little bit of a last-minute uh, thing. Uh, it, I, I didn't know that it was happening until maybe two weeks before when uh, I did get the call from, from San Francisco. Uh, Mario Aliotto called me up uh, uh, to let me know, hey, you know, we've got a doubleheader coming up in, in Denver, and, and Dave Fleming's going to be gone, and we'd like you to come up and work with John and, and call the two games with him. Um, and, uh, it was just kind of a surreal, surreal moment because you didn't know it was, it was coming. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a, obviously a, a buildup to it. And, and, you know, you're so involved with your, your, your team, your minor league team in, in San Jose, you drop everything for a few days, you get on a plane, you go out to Denver and, and you pick things up with the San Francisco club. And, you know, it was such a, such an interesting day because it was a, the day-night doubleheaders. You're at the park, at the park all day. And the first thing that that I did walking into the the park was John and I were together, and we, we walked into the Giants clubhouse, and it was of course Bruce Bochy managing the team, and and I guess the first thing that John usually does, he, he walks in, he, he tapes the the Bochy show, and then they they chat for a little bit. Uh, I walk into the office, and it's the three of us, and and. I knew Boach a little bit from spring training, but you know, he looks at me and goes, all right, big debut. Here we go. <laughs> I go, this guy's awesome. Uh, just to kind of, kind of lighten the mood. And, and then John tapes the show and it's just the three of us. And it's just the three of us in this room. But I'm sitting here going, my gosh, I'm in a room with a hall of fame broadcaster and a future hall of fame manager, you know, about <laughs> to call a, a major league. <laughs> this is, this is just wild right now. 
and they keep talking and talking and 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 at one point Boach starts asking me about the San Jose team <laughs> even though he was about <laughs> to retire he wanted to know about some of the prospects that were coming up and and how we were doing there and and we just keep talking and talking and eventually I start looking at my watch going boy I, I've got to start the pregame show in about 20 <laughs> minutes <laughs> but but I'm in a room with two Hall of Famers I can't just walk up and say, you know what, guys, uh, I, I'm done. I, I got to go. Like, <laughs> when, when are you going to be in this situation again? So um, eventually the conversation ended and, and John and I walk up to the booth and actually it probably worked out best because you are a little nervous. How can you not be when, when you get this first call up as a, a broadcaster that I didn't have a chance to overthink it much. And it was, you get up to the booth and 10 minutes later, we, we were on recording some pregame segments. Uh, and then the game itself was was remarkable. I'm sure a lot of people remember that doubleheader last July, or the Giants won 19 to two in Game One. And my first half inning uh, in the third, uh, doing play by play, the Giants scored seven. I mean, it was it happened fast. Just you know, whack, 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 uh, doubles, triples, home runs. Where again, I didn't really have a chance to to think about things. You just call in the action and uh, you tried to settle in as quickly as you did. And and then they won Game Two, uh, two to one. Uh, <laughs> I remember. So after that, that top of the third inning, uh, we, we go to a break. And, again, it was a seven-run inning, all these extra base hits. And in the midst of this seven-run inning, Jeff Samarja, who was the Giants' starter that day, dropped down a sacrifice bunt, moved a guy from first to second, I think, um, in, in the middle of that long inning. And we go to break, and John looks at me and goes, nice job, uh, really, really enjoyed and thought you did a great job calling that sacrifice bunt there in that <laughs> inning. <laughs> Just kind of deadpan. <laughs> yeah, thank you, John. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> That's your so memorable was, call for the year, yeah. That was your, that was your memorable call. And So the, the, the first game ends, and then you got a little bit of a break. Uh, call, call the next game. It was, it was a fun, fun day for, for me and for the Giants, and I was uh, grateful they brought me back about a month later to do a, a couple of games in Arizona when they were – where they were shorthanded in the booth, and I mentioned uh, what Logan Webb's debut was one of those uh, one of those games. So it was great. And you, broadcasters are just they're, they're so phenomenal people, and they've made me feel like I'm part of the team. Uh, spring training the last few years, uh, weekly lunches and dinners with John, and uh, talking with Dave about the minor leagues, and and you know I get called up, and and my crew go pulls me aside and says, Hey, you know, look, you 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 earned this. Enjoy the enjoy this moment. Um, you know, re- really, really great people that uh, kind of welcomed me in uh, to their to their broadcasting family in the spring, and I know they were all excited to see me get that chance uh, during the regular season last year. So, yeah, uh, a great, great experience, and uh, certainly something I I will never forget. Yeah, I was curious about the spring training games. Uh, you know what that had done for you, because you know when you're in the minor leagues, sometimes. It's difficult. You might be riding on a bus, you know, in the wee hours in the morning, and, and you're dreaming of getting to the major leagues, and it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. It just seems so far away. But to be able to call those spring training games, it's that step closer, you know, where you're, you're like you said, you're, you're in there with everybody that's part of the broadcast team. Uh, when you first got that opportunity, uh, what did that do for you? Yeah, it was, it was a, a terrific uh, opportunity uh for me and and the spring trading games are, are really fun for me because so many of the players are the guys that I've seen come through San Jose. You know that the, the big league regulars aren't aren't playing 
uh, much of those games, uh, especially early in the spring. So it's a lot of guys that that I already know, and I I know their backgrounds and their stories, and uh, I really enjoy kind of sharing those uh, uh, on the air and getting a chance to to catch up with these players as well before games. Um, And then, like I said, with broadcasters just kind of welcoming welcoming me in, um, it's been... It's been a great experience uh, uh, over the years, and uh, I was happy it, it led to something with some regular season work uh, uh, last year. And again, they're they're all just they're all just great people, and and they wanted me to kind of be a part of the events that they're happening down there in Arizona. It's not just not just the games; it's some of the the, the dinners and luncheons and, and, and get-togethers. So uh, it's been a, a great opportunity for me and, and hopefully more to come down the road. Those spring games are not always easy. There's so many changes. I, you know, I remember I was doing the uh, Futures game on Sirius XM and I was working with Rob Dibble and every inning there's a different guy playing out there and we're just looking at each other like, oh my God, who's at second? Who's at short? You know, every commercial break, you're so busy. You don't even get a breather. People don't realize how difficult those games can be. It is very difficult, and, and most of the games I'm calling by myself. Every once in a while, uh, Sean Estes uh, might, might come on with me when he gets a chance. Uh, but, but most of the games, especially all the road games, I'm by myself. Like, <laughs> i got to go to the bathroom sometimes during these inning breaks. <laughs> and if you do and you come back, you might have seven new players out there. <laughs> and it, it, it's not just, the, it's not just you know, the, the, the changes. You get guys, you've got three players wearing number 74 it's you know and nobody's got a name on the back of their jersey so it's a it's a helpless feeling as a broadcaster when you literally don't know the player that's in the batter's box and that has happened a couple of times in a in a spring training game but you just kind of have to laugh it off and you know i i don't think uh the the listener at that point is really all that interested in and in who the the double A outfielder is for the Texas Rangers that we don't know who his name is. So you, you make a joke of it at the time and eventually we all figure it out and it's a practice game and it's, it's just all part of the fun. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy, I enjoy all of that and, and, uh, and hopefully we can get back to it sooner rather than later again. <laughs> By the way, speaking of going to the bathroom, you just made me think of in the Cal league when I was working with Rancho Cucamonga and we went to Modesto, they didn't have a bathroom anywhere near where we were broadcasting. So you had to go to the bathroom with the fans and, you know, you'd run down and run back up and you'd miss a few pitches and I'd be huffing and puffing, you know, for the first few pitches, the next inning, you know, there are a lot of challenges being an A ball. I mean, I know the, the ballparks have improved a lot, but still it, sometimes it can be difficult, right? Oh, for sure, and and that happens in San Jose. We we don't have restrooms up in our little press box, right? Uh, in a site ballpark, so I usually once a game have to go running down. And when fans see me down there, you know, it's it's <laughs> hey, let's talk about the game. What, what do you think, Joe? How about that home run in the fifth inning? And yeah, it's great, but look, I've got ninety seconds right now. Please don't take offense, but uh, I've got to I've got to run back up, and then you. You run back upstairs and you're out of breath and and it feels like you've just run a, a a half marathon as you're calling the next half inning. So yeah, it is. It's part of the the charm, I suppose, of minor league baseball. And the game ends, you just kind of shake your head and man, <laughs> that was a lot harder than it needed to be. 
but now we go through a year like this where, gosh, you're missing it so much. And, and uh, an eight-hour bus ride down to Rancho Cucamonga sounds pretty good right about now. So uh, <laughs> it's the kind of thing I won't take for granted anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I, I thought San Jose wasn't as bad as Modesto. Modesto, it seemed further away. I don't know what it is. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe just in my memory. But, Joe, thanks so much. Really appreciate the time and the stories. And, uh, you know, take advantage of this season off but uh, you know look forward to next season which will be your 14th with the San Jose Giants and I hope you get a lot more opportunities with the San Francisco Giants thanks a lot for sharing uh, all those stories absolutely thanks for having me Joe that's longtime San Jose Giants play-by-play announcer Joe Rizzo join us again next week for another edition of Inside China Basin from the Believe Podcast Network for now I'm Joe Castellano from the sportsvirus.com thanks for listening everybody Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.